Today's game is quirky, weird, and there's a good chance you've probably never played it. This is Pixelated Audio Episode 9, and we're talking about the Outfoxies. Kill your enemy by any means. Welcome back to another episode. This is Pixelated Audio, your bi-weekly dose of retro games and, of course, game music. I'm Brian. And I'm James. In this episode, we're going to be covering the Outfoxies, which is an amazing but extremely overlooked arcade game from the 90s with an equally great soundtrack. This is really going to be a fun one. Yeah, I know. The Outfoxies is a really interesting title. I guess it's best described as this crazy one-on-one 2D arena fighter. Yeah, I think that description fits. Um, It's really such a fun game. Yeah, I know. It really is. Um, The track that brought us in was called A Plot, composed by Masahiro Fukuzawa. Yeah, and this is uh, not a whole lot to say about this track, but I mean, um, you were saying before that it really kind of sets the mood for this episode. Yeah, it's kind of like our entryway, like our gatekeeper into like the rest of the tracks we have lined up. It's kind of got that jazzy kind of spy versus spy thing. Right. And um, with the progression, there's there's not a whole lot going on. It's, It's elevator music. Yeah. Anyways, the the clip that we actually played, as you know, James is bringing in the show, was the stereo check, and I, I just wanted to bring this up quickly. It's um, it you only find it in the dip switches of the game. This is an arcade game, so when you go in and flip the dip switches for like you know sound checks and and um, you know coin level checks and stuff mm-hmm. like that, this is the the audio on there to check your stereos. So, anyways, we awesome. thought yeah, we thought we'd throw that in there. So let's dive into the history behind the Outfoxies. The game was both developed and published by Namco for the arcade, and even though the title screen says copyright 1994, the game was actually released in 95. Most likely, this was because the initial development and playtesting was completed and signed off earlier in the year, but the actual release date, you know, was pushed back. But anyways, we do know that it was released on a revised version of Namco's NB1 arcade hardware, creatively enough called the NB2. And it was used in only uh, two different games that were actually released. There was the Mock Breakers and, of course, the Outfoxies. The story is simple. A mysterious man going by the name of Mr. Acme contracts seven hitmen to assassinate seven world-famous art collectors. But in a strange twist, each of the hitmen are also hired to kill the other six. They don't know what Mr. Acme's motives are, but there's a huge payout to the last man standing. And for such a short and simple story, it's pretty creative and clever how, you know, it fits into the game. It gives you this reason kind of behind what you're doing rather than just this normal, you know, tournament style setup. Yeah, and it's uh, nice that they mix it up. Actually, I think I'm ready to hear some more music. Yeah, sure. Um, We mentioned before that the game was composed by Masahiro Fukuzawa, and I believe he was actually just working for Namco because he did a few other of their arcade titles as well. Yeah, the titles like Nebulous Ray, which is a pretty rad shooter. Yeah. Um, Final Lap 3 and Dancing Eyes. We've actually got some stuff from uh, Dancing Eyes to throw in a bit later, too. But first up on the list is simply called The Outfoxies. Following that, we have Mr. Acme's theme, A Plan Double Cross. And lastly, A Plan. So let's take a listen to those and we'll be back after the break. (laughs) 
That was The Outfoxies, Mr. Acme's theme, A Plan Double Cross, and A Plan, composed by Masahiro Fukuzawa. The first track, The Outfoxies, that is the attract mode. Yeah, and it's a really great track. Like we mentioned earlier, that that, uh, opening track is going to set the mood in this kind of like jazzy music for this game. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the whole soundtrack is so awesome, and um, this first block kind of shows everything that the game has to offer as far as you know the soundtrack it's got that really awesome kind of jazz thing going on like tons of like piano stand-up bass yeah i love the piano in this and i think this is one of the the first games that we've really focused on that has a really piano sound to the music a lot of piano in it yeah a track mode if like that doesn't make you you know pop in your quarters like nothing else will that's super yeah. super fun um the next song on the list was uh, Mr. Acme's theme. Right in the beginning of the game when you start it up and you choose your characters, kind of get presented with like this this dialogue and that's when um, this song plays. And it's really cool because it gives you kind of a chance to, like you don't know what to, you're going to expect if it's your right. first time playing. So like it has this really mellow kind of thing and uh, it has a voiceover on top of it. Right, it's really creepy, uh, the, that distorted voice uh, sound where... You know, Mr. Acme's telling you who your first target is and, you know, how much he's going to pay you and stuff like that. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's really cool that it's super mellow because for a fighting game, you wouldn't think that, you know, or, and an arcade game that it would have something so mellow, but it's so different. It makes it stand out. This, this jazz like sound throughout is, is just so unique to this game right it's really cool it's got that pink panther kind of spy yeah. spy vibe yeah like that uh, 80s cop drama sound to it your so. 80 montage 80s montage yeah. thing. <laughs> no it's really good i like it a lot um, um and it's really cool about that track too is that it's so mellow and then it kind of builds and it has like a lot more notes that are getting played when that piano starts picking up but the track itself doesn't feel like it picks up pace it still stays pretty mellow and it's it's just a really good background track for learning what's going on in the game and that last track um called a plan that is another it's it's a little bit quicker and i believe this is um is this when you're choosing your character yeah i'm pretty sure this is where that fits the character selection yeah um it's it's cool it comes in again with the piano and stuff like that Mm -hmm. just really cool stuff yeah that uh that initial beat that it it throws out there kind of reminds me of like judge judy or something like that (laughs) like i'm getting ready to go to court (laughs) no that's great that's great um, actually, let's uh, get into some gameplay for the Outfoxies now. Yeah, sounds good. It's a sprite-based, one-on-one arena-style fighting game. It's kind of like Smash Brothers meets Power Stone meets Elevator Action Returns. There's all these really unique parts that make it really fun, and in terms of gameplay, it's really similar to Rolling Thunder, another Namco arcade game from 1986. Yeah, you can really see a lot of those elements in here. And for the controls, along with the eight-way joystick, the game uses two buttons, one for jump and the other for attack. And while this seems a little basic, it actually works really well for the game. Each of the characters can run, dash, jump, grab ledges, roll to avoid hazards, swim, and uh, also perform a basic attack across these multi-tiered levels. So you're pit against another hitman in a given level while the clock ticks down. And there's really two main factors in every fight. Your opponent, obviously, but the other is the level itself, which is a complete death trap. In the stages, there's a huge arsenal of weapons scattered all over the place, like a pistol, machine gun, grenades. A flamethrower. Yeah, just a bunch of other goofy weapons like a pie or a bowl of soup. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, I thought it was really cool that when you catch fire, you can actually roll into your opponent and they'll light up as well. Yeah, it's really clever how they did that. Anyways, the game itself plays on a single 2D screen that scales or zooms in and out based on the distance you are from your opponent. 
It can get pretty pixelated when it zooms out, but really what the game boils down to though is the ability to kind of outfox your opponent. Your ammo's limited and hand combat doesn't really do much damage. So you're always like kind of quickly reframing and maneuvering around to get a quick shot in every now and then. And that all really adds up. Exactly. You have this really fast arcade game, but there's really a lot of creativity required to actually do well. Each player has their own life bar, but since there aren't really any health pickups, um, you have to really be aware of everything you do. That's a good point. I mean, we came in with that audio sample from the game, um, Kill Your Opponent by Any Means, and really, um, that's, that's exactly it. But one of the weirdest things about the game is the cast of characters. Yeah, a very colorful group. Not a very big roster with only seven playable characters, but man, all very unique. Uh, let me read the list here. Um, there's John Smith, Betty Doe, Eve, Bernard White, Professor Ching, Dweeb, and Danny and Demi. John Smith looks like your average guy in jeans and a leather jacket wearing a t-shirt with a Dharma on it. He's got that really Mel Gibson from the 80s kind of look to him. Yeah, without the mullet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's also your well-rounded fighter. Uh, Betty Doe is a big businesswoman trying to make some extra cash by contract killing. Nice. Um, She's also the most accurate with guns compared to the other characters. Bernard White is a tall, strong bioengineer with a prosthetic hand. He's pretty quick and does a lot more hand-to-hand damage, but he's also the biggest character, so that makes him like the biggest target. And he's got hilarious animations. Yeah, those running while windmill spinning arms animation. That's, (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Then there's Eve. She's a has-been movie star that runs around with her pet iguana. Professor Ching's a genius scientist hitman that just so happens to be in a wheelchair. That's pure gold. (laughs) I know. Uh, Not only that, it's like this special killing wheelchair, so it can act as like a shield and it has all these like mechanical parts to it and flings them around. It's pretty funny. Yeah, but I think Dweeb outdoes that. Um, He's the only hitman in the world that'll work for Bananas. Because he's a chimpanzee in a top hat and a tux. That's not too bad, though, because bananas are, what, like 79 cents a pound? Yeah. (laughs) He's also the smallest (laughs) and fastest character, so it kind of makes him hard to hit at times. Right. Uh, Finally, we have the creepy child criminal duo named uh, or called Danny and Demi, and they're ex-Siamese twins that were separated in a near-fatal train wreck. So you can see this is a pretty odd bunch of characters. The way it should be. But uh, let's take a break and play some more tracks. What's up next? We have three tracks in this block for you, Skyscraper, Showtime, and City of Blue.
You just heard Skyscraper, Showtime, and City of Blue from the Outfoxies, composed by Masahiro Fukuzawa. That first track is extra funky. I really like it. Yeah, it's, it's that pretty cool. Electric slap bass, so rad, so rad. It's almost like it's almost like um like kind of a got a Seinfeld thing going on, and then then it switches out. It's I mean it's jazzy. It's not right. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, I really love that like a scaling keyboard that's kind of going on. It's like, oh, it's just it's just really cool. Like, I don't I can, know, like this I, music is just it's different right. than what you would expect game music to be. And then after hearing the cast of characters that's so weird and bizarre, you would expect the music to just be weird and bizarre. Totally but, out there, but yeah, it's not. But it's, that juxtaposition is just really great. Yeah. And it I see you said keyboard, but I, I was thinking like saxophone again it's it's kind of up it's for interpretation yeah something. it's it's approximating something but yeah. um it's really cool and uh showtime another really big band kind of feel to it mm-hmm. um it's it's a great track i mean i, yeah, I like hate just, saying every track is oh it's a great track but right. no it, it's well i just, mean we picked them because they're we felt that they were great but this one especially is is different because it feels like you kind of just stepped into a jazz club like like it has no it doesn't feel like it resonates with the game at all but yet when you see it and you hear it while you're playing it's just such a cool it's thing. really cool background music like right. if you were to like step into like like a bar or something a jazz bar and like order a drink and talking to your friends you know like right you would hear this in the background that's kind of the vibe i get and then the last track city of blue um that goes back to you know that whole like kind of crime scene investigation right. kind of soundtrack it's and got a lot more drama in this and and uh i'm finding that i just love trailing notes like this that part of this song is just so great to me i just i, I mean i can't help but like kind of bob my head when i'm listening to it like it's just i really get it it's good i don't know why but the, that song reminds me of there was like a mcdonald's commercial like in the 80s like i what was it mr mac at night or mac the knife oh or something i think like, i remember yeah it was like that? a giant moon head yeah it was a like giant yeah. moon head and like this track like just makes me think of that commercial like i don't right. know where that came from but like i just started thinking of that that's it's pretty like, funny yeah it's it's there the block is really cool and it's like a little bit each track is different it's mm-hmm. like the same elevator music over and over it's they really do add a, like a different it's completely different feel to each track so it's really cool how they did that so we've already talked about the characters, but really the star of the show is the levels. Yeah, let's bring up the graphics um, real quick to kind of lead us in. Yeah, I think that'll draw a lot better mental image for everyone. So the Namco NB2 board has a 32-bit processor, and it could do more complex sprites than its predecessor. But that being said, you know it still kind of feels like you're looking at upgraded 16-bit sprites. The resolution is only 228 by 224, so it's still pretty limited. Um, and the game really gets compared a lot to Elevator Action Returns because of the really similar sprite work and tiling. And the levels and stages kind of feel taken right out of that game. Speaking of that, I really like that every character had their own unique level. And when I say unique, I mean like really unique. The skyscraper level is probably the most complex in the game. When you start the match, there's a fuse that's lit that leads to a bomb attached to the roof where the helicopter is parked. Um, you have some time to run around the map, but when the bomb goes off... The building slowly starts to collapse in on itself and it forces you to fight on the move and avoid the debris. The aquarium has a bomb that's been planted too. At some point in the match, it'll explode and the whole stage fills up with water. You know, sharks come out, piranhas and all these other hazards. 
Um, this is actually one of my favorite levels. Um, it even has this giant whale statue hanging from the ceiling that you can jump up on and fight. It's so cool because when the bomb explodes, that whale like plummets down and falls on top of this giant statue's trident. And it kind of looks like it's the whale's getting harpooned or something. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool. And and that's just one of the things that makes this level and, and the, really the game for that matter so much fun. Yeah, there's just so much eye candy. Uh, there's a train level with different cars that you can fight inside of and on top of and go through tunnels, you know, getting knocked off the back and things like that. It's really cool to see Namco play with both really tall vertical levels and these wide horizontal ones. It makes each match feel more unique with different fighting strategies. Let's see. Um, there's also the circus stage, complete with clown cannons, um, tigers, elephants, and even a trapeze. Now, when you're playing against the CPU, this is actually Eve's stage. I would have expected this level for Dweeb, but by now we should know that this game doesn't follow any norms, so he gets the military plane that you fight in while in the air. Yeah, I don't think it's a good idea to be firing rocket launchers in a plane, but... You know, whatever. There's also these turrets you can jump in and use them as well. The weapons factory is pretty cool, too. It has a bunch of moving machines and lifts and all these other moving parts around that you kind of have to watch out for and interact with. It's not as wide as the horizontal levels or as tall as the vertical ones, but it's more of a square shape, which is cool to have that third size in there. Um, finally, there's the cruise ship, uh, and it's actually the smallest stage in the game, but it makes up for its size by its crazy rocking back and forth motion. I hated that stage at first, but the more I played, I kind of came around to it. There's actually one more level, but you can only play it in single player mode. After you've killed everyone, you get invited to Mr. Acme's mansion to get paid. Right from the start, it's a death trap. Falling chandeliers, attack dogs, all that friendly inviting stuff. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that he doesn't want to pay you. And as you make your way through, there's all these crazy traps, but about halfway in, you actually run into Mr. Acme and start chasing him through the rest of the mansion as he's shooting at you. When you finally make it back to his office, he cowers behind this large lady in a chair, and you hear this. Welcome. I am Acme's wife. As we promised, we shall pay you right now. So it's actually Acme's wife that's behind everything, and that's just such an awesome sound clip. Yeah, it was such a cool twist when I got to that part of the game. Way cool. And it gets so much better, too. You chase both Acme and his wife through the rest of the rooms in the mansion until they get to the roof where they board a helicopter. God, it's one of the coolest arcade moments. Like, they start tossing grenades down at you, and you have to pick up a rocket launcher to fire up at it. Eventually, when you hit it enough, it causes the helicopter to blow up, and sends Acme falling down to the mansion roof. It's actually so funny. Um, he somehow survives the fall and starts to get up, and then his fat wife lands on him. <laughs> no, that's I was cracking up so bad when I saw that. Yeah, and then she starts to get up, and then the helicopter plows into her. That's got to be like the best ending ever. Yeah, I mean, the whole game is nuts to begin with, and that kind of just seals the package. Yeah, really. Oh, so we wanted to get into a block here real quick, but um, we have a track from another game that Fukuzawa composed that we brought up earlier called Dancing Eyes. And this game was released a year later in 1996 for Namco System 11 arcade hardware. But, um, but yeah, yeah, we thought it'd be interesting to bring this game up because it also shares the same designer as the Outfoxies. Right, right. And it has a very similar feel. You get that kind of stylistic jazz kind of thing going on. Right. So we figured it's a good thing to plug in here. So the first song or the only song we're going to play is actually called Stage 2-2 Cat. So let's take a listen and we'll be back with some more Outfoxies.
That was Stage 2-2 Cat, composed by Masahiro Fukuzawa from Dancing Eyes. Yeah, it's. I guess it's a little more swing. Um, you can still kind of hear like a similarity between um, maybe his style. Um, it's it's a fun track. It's only like a minute. Right, and I thought it still kind of had that, um, like you just went into like a club sound, like you're sitting there listening to music with a bunch of other people. Yeah, and because it was composed and, you know, the game was designed by the same people, we thought, you know, hey, we just pop it in there, little different block, but we're not going to get into what the game's about or anything like that. That We'll save those for another puzzle show or something like that. Yeah. And you know, we haven't covered a game yet that uses this sound chip either. Uh, can you elaborate on that one a little bit? Sure. Yeah. The hardware uses a C352 PCM sound chip. I think it's probably one of my favorite arcade sound chips from the mid nineties. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat. There's 32, you know, digital channels, eight bit PCM samples. It's got, um, four channels out i believe and it has this really clean 42 kilohertz sound rate and somehow namco just seems to be able to you know get these really deep rich sounds it's very cool q sound was more common though right or was it just because that was in all of capcom systems yeah i think that's probably it i mean q sound only had you know 16 audio channels and 32 kilohertz sample rate it wasn't as clean as the C352, but, you know, that's all personal preference. Yeah, and it's also up to the composer at that point, too. I mean, because we've heard some really great stuff come from limited hardware. Right. So on that note, let's get into our last block here. We have three tracks, starting with Death Flight, Dangerous Cruise, and Counter Blow. So let's listen to those, and we'll be right back.
awesome tracks. That was Death Flight, Dangerous Cruise, and Counter Blow, composed by Masahiro Fukuzawa for Out Foxies in the Arcade. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Death Flight is it's pretty cool because it has a like a deeper beat to it, and it's um, it has a little bit more of a menacing feel to the song. Yeah, it's got that really heavy bass, and it sounds like it loops like. I don't know, a minute or so. So you're like, oh, okay, this is just how the song is. And then it really cuts into this this just sick electronic organ. And Mm -hmm. it just, he goes to town. He has this crazy solo. And um, then follow that with a bass solo right afterwards. So it just kind of explodes on you later on. It's it's Yeah, like you said, you kind of don't really notice it coming. And you just kind of feel like you're in a loop. And then, yeah, it's like a really pretty cool part to the song yeah I, I think when i was i was i was picking this track out and i uh i was listening to it and we we're listening to it again i'm like really like i think i picked tracks that didn't have just like loops in them and then right. and then we kept listening and up oh, sure enough this it just turns yeah, out there pretty it was. awesome yeah um the next track dangerous cruise I, you know it's funny because at first right off the bat like all the instrument like every instrument that you know, that has a voice in this Mm -hmm. track. Um, Sounds like a waterfall. They're all like kind of falling down like a scale. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And I I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel very dangerous to me. Like it's kind of just like a nice, like not a happy cruise, but like it's just frolicking in the meadows. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a, you know, like the title implies that it's dangerous, but I mean, we know that the level is, is pretty cool with the rocking boat and everything like that and so um you know i think it's probably just better to not have something so crazy yeah counter blow that's got to be one of the coolest like piano solos like yeah i've heard like the the star of that track is like the piano like the bass is he's going to town but like the the star is the piano and i was thinking like as i was watching i was like you know I would love to see like a YouTube video of somebody like playing that live. Like, Oh just, man. Yeah. That would be cool. That'd be nuts. It's like, you gotta have like three hands. No, they're all awesome tracks. I, you know, this game, it, I can't say that it had bad reception. I think just nobody knew about it. Right. I mean, and, cause from what I've heard, anyone that's played the game has loved it. It's just, there hasn't been that many people that got a chance to play it. Right. It's definitely like a cult classic at this point. Like there's a lot of people online, you know, who are mm-hmm. like, Oh, outfoxies, outfoxies. And, and, um, you know, you hear kind of discussions on different forums and, and stuff going on. But, like, it's it's really, like, just kind of that group. It's a mm-hmm. very, you know, confined group that, that know about the game. And it's kind of, it's a shame because Namco has done all these museum games and stuff where they've put, right. like, their classic collections. Like, you see a million Pac-Man and stuff like that, which is awesome. But this game would translate so well. And I think a lot of people would be surprised by it you know coming Mm -hmm. to like you know the vita or the 3ds or you know a handheld or even a console you know yeah i mean it's a it's just a really cool game and it's it's a different kind of fighter like than you're used to it's not like a street fighter type game and it's 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 kind of like smash brothers but not really whereas it's it takes a lot longer to kill each other so your matches are you know five minutes plus it's 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 a struggle yeah it's really cool so um, I think that about wraps up the show. I uh, had a lot of fun without Foxies, so you know, definitely check it out. So yeah, thanks for listening. You can visit us online at pixelatedaudio.com. We'll have all the show notes and the track list there for you to check out. We're also on Twitter, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and feel free to leave a review for us. We appreciate it. Yeah, those reviews give us the fuel to keep putting out more episodes for you guys. Yeah, totally. 
So this week we don't have a track from OC Remix, so instead we're going to play another song from the Outfoxies called Enjoy Life. Thanks again, and check back in a few weeks for episode 10.